the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Working Fans Combat Cast. And we are back at it again after a very busy week last week with Dan Backley on the show and Cage My Q. We'll be airing some of his stuff later on tonight, too. And that's right, Mateo Gonzalez was on here last week, too, interview. We're going to have lots to talk about today. Well, we'll have stuff to talk about. Chevy, tell them what we got coming up. All right, October 22nd, finally back to giant pay-per-view cards. It's going to be UFC 280, Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev. That, I believe, is a 3 p.m. Eastern card because it is coming from Abu Dhabi. So looking forward to that one. Later on in the month, we have October 29th, UFC Fight Night, Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. I'm super excited for that main event. I have to look at the rest of the card, but that main event is fire. That's going to be two super technical strikers for sure. Arnold Allen, I think I'm giving him the, him the edge currently, but we'll see. Moving on into November, UFC Fight Night, Mitchell versus Ivalov. We talked a little bit last week about Ivalov possibly pulling out, but they, they already have plans for Bryce Mitchell's replacements going forward. So we'll see. Nothing's been announced yet. Still got some time, but I'd like to see that matchup. Yeah, so I mean, some good potential matchup there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I almost want to skip over <laughs> this week's fight night. I mean, there's some interesting fights on it. We'll talk about it. But man, like, get me to the pay per view already, you know? And we're going to talk about news items a little bit too. So, I mean, might as well with the pay per view main event talk about that a little bit because we got two potential backup fighters. Yeah, so I'm seeing online Volkanovsky, you know, the current featherweight champ. He's been asking to move up to lightweight. He says he's been locked on. A officially confirmed to be the replacement fighter if 
either Charles or Islam fall out of the fight. And right before we went live, I saw that Benil Dariush, you know, who's been waiting in the wings patiently, you know, taking all the UFC's bullshit, basically said that he's also been promised the replacement. So I'm not sure. Who would you prefer to see if, God forbid, something happens to this man? I I hate to see it because I really like Dariush and I like him more. But man, it's interesting to put the featherweight champ in that, you know, that shot and get a shot at the lightweight title. I won't be mad, though, because I think Panera Darius is a good dude. And I think he's earned his way up there. He took some time off, you know, to be there for the birth of his child and be there. So it's kind of hard to get mad at that and say he doesn't deserve it. And I'd hate to see him get screwed. So and I think, honestly, it's really hard to say because we don't know how Alexander is going to be at lightweight, which also makes it interesting. But we know how Baron Darius is, Benil Darius is, and he's fantastic. So and exciting, exciting, yeah. So I mean, I'd love to see it. You can't really go wrong, you know. But all right, let's say I was a promoter and you know I was had to make some money off of this. Then yeah, give me the featherweight champ versus the lightweight, you know, in a light potential double champion situation. I'm basically short notice too, so it's a built-in excuse for. I'm basically making another star at that point if he wins. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, I I agree that that's probably what the UFC will do. As far as matchup-wise, personally, I'd rather see Dariush against either guy. I think stylistically, he matches up very well against both guys. Definitely better striking than Islam, and his jiu-jitsu is nasty, so I would love to see a jiu-jitsu match between Oliveira and Dariush, but... Ultimately, my number one priority would be just don't have this fight fall out. Like, uh, Oliveira versus Makachev is the fight. It is the one we want to see. I'm glad that the UFC is taking precautions or whatever, but let's just get both fighters to the fight, please. Absolutely. I'm glad that if something goes wrong, it seems like they're being extra, extra cautious. So we have a UFC pay-per-view main event on this card. But right, I, this is the fight I want to see. Uh, I just saw something, too, that got me particularly hyped for it. Makachev. Uh, Islam Moksovic was talking about how if you look at Oliveira's last couple fights, several people have knocked him down, but nobody wants to go on the ground and grapple with him. And he says, this is where the danger becomes, and he gets back on his feet. Excellent point. And he says, I'm not afraid of his jiu-jitsu. I don't mind going down there. I'm going to go down there and ground and pound him. Now, a lot of people say that is probably just talk, but I feel like Islam, he really means that. Like, he's not afraid to go down there. He really believes his grappling superior. I'm not saying that he's like, I don't think he's going to be like, oh, I hope we have to you know, go down and have these wild exchanges. I just think he believes he's the better all-around fighter. And that intrigues me because that's a different style matchup than we're going to get. And, you know, he's good. He can talk all that shit. But, man, Charles Oliveira, like, he's just put on performances against the best of the best right now. He looks spectacular. And the only reason why I feel like he gets caught is because he's like a gift to MMA fans. He just wants to be exciting. He wants to go out there and have these crazy exciting fights. He does it, and he still wins against the best, and he finishes them. So, I don't know. And maybe that's just the only way he knows how to fight. So, enjoy him while we got him. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it more next week. But, yeah, I do think that that is the most interesting part of the matchup is that my Makachev is not afraid to grapple with Oliveira. Now, in my opinion, you know, like I said, we'll talk about it more next week, but he should be. You know, I I think Oliveira holds the record for most submissions in the UFC for a reason. So far, what I've seen from Islam, you know, I I don't know if he's quite there, but we're going to find out. And that's the excellence. I love his confidence. Yeah, that's the excellence (laughs) of the fight game. So we're going to find out.
So, you know, you mentioned it earlier. You know, we had our interview last week yes. with Mighty Mateo Gonzalez. He is fighting this week on Friday, the 19th. So he'll be on the prelims of LFA 144, which will be airing on UFC Fight Pass. So yeah, I know we're getting together, excited to watch our new friend, Mighty Mateo, get that fourth win in his mm-hmm. pro career. Absolutely. I wish just getting nothing but the best. Super humble on our podcast. Super grateful and super nice behind the scenes as well. So I just want to root for. Yeah. So also more news, a couple fight announcements. We had OSP being an- announced against Gustafson, one of my yeah. you know favorite fighters. That, that's going to be uh, at light heavyweight and that'll be on UFC 282. So I'm looking forward to that one. Gustafson did have a matchup against Ben Rothwell, who then had some sort of contract issue and got released before the fight happened. So, you know, probably end of the line or near the end of the line for both guys. But yeah, exciting matchup. Why you got a preference in this one? We don't need to go into the whole thing, but no, no, I like Gustafson. I, I keep wanting to root this guy just because he's the guy that came so close to being John Jones and Daniel Cormier. And he just missed it within inches. And then he's just never really had the same luck since, like after a few bad breaks here and there. And he hasn't been able to put together, and it just makes me root for him because I feel bad to see, you know, him not being able to pull it off. I don't know. But, you know, every time we've been in a situation now, it just hasn't looked good. But OSP is a guy, too, who, like you said, he's kind of towards the end a little bit. I like OSP. wouldn't bother me, but I sentimental favorite is Alexander Gustafson in this. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I you know, don't hate osp i actually think he's fantastic love his von flu chokes you know i know they wanted mm-hmm. to rename it to the saint Prue choke so gustafson's just one of my favorites when i first got into the sport you know he was one of my first favorite fighters so i think osp has gotten away with a lot of striking because he's the longer fighter in a lot of his fights he won't be the longer fighter against gustafson so It'll be a tough matchup for him. But let's move on. Another fight announcement. Big The big boys, Sergey Pavlovich versus Tai Tuavasa on what is turning out to be an exciting fight night card in December in Orlando. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm Tai's a sentimental favorite again. Just love this guy. I think he's got a star written all over him. Love the shoey. Love his attitude. Love his social media game. Love his walkout songs. Love his walkout songs. He's just super entertaining. He's just a charming, charming guy. This fight night card, I mean, Kevin Holland already out of retirement against Stephen Thompson. Now, I don't have it in front of me now, but I know like RDA's on this card, Quake Guida's on this card. Like, there's just, this is going to be a stacked fight night card in December. And UFC was doing this back in the day where they start to load up the December cards. We have like a stacked fight night, a stacked pay-per-view, and sometimes you get like the ultimate fighter finale in your back. So I don't know what like the rest of December looks like, but it's nice to see them putting together cards like this at the end of the year. Yeah. You know, it is an excellent fight night card, which we have not been getting the later part of the summer, early part of the fall here, which leads us into the UFC fight night card for this weekend. Right. Alexa Grasso versus Vivian Arroyo. You want to get into that one? Yeah. You know, there's some fights on the prelims you want to talk about. I know there's one we talked about right beforehand. Uh, I'll have some stuff to say about that one. Yeah. So it's uh, Mike Jackson versus Pete Rodriguez. That's leading off the prelims. Mike Jackson, if you don't know him off the top of your head, he is the... He's a fighter, but he's also a journalist. He fought CM Punk and beat him in a fight where he was like celebrating while he was on top. Dana was very unhappy. So I'm surprised he's still in the UFC. But Pete Rodriguez, he reminds me a little bit of a Mike Perry-like character fighter. Super tough guy, maybe a little crazy. He's a minus 660 favorite in this fight. 
What do you think about that one? I'm looking at Mike Jackson's boxing record. He was actually 4-0 in boxing, which is fast. But look, Mike Jackson, I mean, look at his professional record. It's very interesting. He lost to Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall basically was brought in on a couple fights to fight CM Punk. The CM Punk experiment failed. I get why the UFC did it. He had a name. And over the years of WrestleFan, CM Punk would talk about rolling around jiu-jitsu mats and all this. We never got into the details of how much rolling around Punk did. Or what level. It's like a belt. Yeah, he shouldn't have been, <laughs> been there. So... It is what it is. So he fights CM Punk because Punk gets destroyed by Gaul. And then he beats Punk. It's overturned because of a drug failure. I think it was marijuana or something of at the course, time. Yeah. yeah. And that's, it's whatever, you know. But, you know, like it's, it's CM Punk. Like he originally, it. so now he gets a years later, he gets a fight recently against Dan Barry, was a guy's name. From what it looked like, he was getting beat up, if I remember correctly. And then there was an eye gouge in there. He get, get poked in the eye. And that caused a disqualification because he never came back. And so he got the win. So to me, this guy, nothing against him. But to me, the UFC, I think, is looking at him like he's just an annoying little fly gnat that, like, haven't we gotten rid of this guy yet? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's what this fight is for. Like, he's supposed to get beat here, and we're not supposed to hear from Mike Jackson again. My guess is that's probably what's going to happen, too, just looking at these fighters and their records and the way they match up. But we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think Mike probably going to get finished in the first round here is my guess. Yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility for sure. Another prelim fight, not a super deep card, but Rafael Asuncao yeah. versus Victor Henry. Asuncao definitely near the end of his career. He's lost four in a row at this point, vanished yeah. to the prelims. Could this be the last time we see him, you think? Could very well. It's interesting. I mean, this is a guy who wants to beat Pedro Munoz, TJ Dillashaw. I'm just looking at his way. Like, he has a split decision victory over Aljamay Sterling, Marlon Marais, you know, Rob Font. Like, he's beaten some of the mm-hmm. best. But, yeah, he's lost four in a row to Marais, who ended up basically going on a loser himself. Corey Sanhagen, he got KO'd by Cody Garbrandt. And that then, was uh, that one where Cody was up against the cage and he leaned right. down. and yeah. And then he got KO'd against Ricky Simone, his last one. And here's the thing. When he was losing before, he was losing by decision. Now he's yeah. coming off a couple KO losses recently. So we'll see how he does here. I don't know a lot about Victor Henry, but, you know, Sanko's still a dangerous guy who's been around. But if he loses another one, yeah, I think this is probably the end of the road for him as well. I think Henry's like 220 favorite or something like that. So not not a giant favorite, but... That's fairly sizable in MMA for sure. So, all right, on to the main card. We got Misha Sirkinoff versus Alonzo Menafield. You got thoughts on this one? Yeah, Sirkinoff. I like him, actually. I'm kind of... Okay, so I like Metafield too. Athletic guy. Let's see here. I had some notes on these guys. Yeah. So Metafield, look at his game. He's got nine KOs, two subs. Circle's got five KOs, eight subs. I like Metafield. I think he's a little more explosive. It could go either way, but I don't know. I just I like Metafield. I'm gonna go with Metafield and I'll say he gets it done. Second round TKO. So I'm with you. I like both guys. Sirkinov, though, he's lost six of his last eight, including three losses in a row. So I think maybe Father times just caught up with him he's 35 years old now menafield's in his prime super scary powerful striker explosive i think he clips him early maybe like halfway through round one and then uh, finishes him with grounded pound all right i like it i did also kind of just say i like you kind of leading the uh, mma cards here because you're so much better at enunciating the name so i think this is the new format from now on <laughs> oh okay all right all right, all right so we'll move on to the next fight yeah. that's gonna be jordan the beverly hills ninja right 
I fucking love that name. Yeah. Versus Dusko Todorovic. Yes. So Dusko is 11-3, 7 KOs, 3 subs, 1 decision. Jordan Wright, 12-3-1, 7 KOs, 5 subs. I like Jordan Wright. I like that nickname. And I like the fact that this guy, out of his 12 fights, has had all finishes. And that's quite a mixture. 7 KOs, 5 subs. So it looks like he could get it done either way. I'll go Jordan Wright, round two, ground and pound. Yeah, I also noted that when looking up this fight, 100% finish rate, whether he's doing the finishing or getting finished. Been a bit of a tough go since he got into the UFC. He's lost three of five, but not the most favorable matchups either the UFC has been given him. He came in undefeated, so, you know, I think they kind of threw him to the wolves a little bit. This is not an, this is another tough matchup for him. Dusko's great kickboxer, so we, we could see a real excellent striking match between these two guys, but... Like you mentioned, Jordan does have a good amount of submissions too. So maybe Jordan tries to get to the ground and get a sub. I'm going to say we get an exciting kickboxing match. Hmm. Either guy could get clipped. I'm going to say Jordan wins because he's the Beverly Hills Ninja. Hmm. And I think that's fucking awesome. I'll say uh, TKO round two, some sort of head kick or something. Okay, nice. All right, so we're going to move on to what I think could be fight of the night actually hmm. flyweight matchup askar askarov versus yeah. brandon royval this is an interesting one here askar is 14 one and one so this guy's not tasted defeat a lot he's four ko's seven subs three decisions royale 14 six three ko's nine subs two decisions Brandon royal has been in some interesting fights too oh one of our favorite fighters one of the top flyweights in the world interim champ brandon moreno and Moreno, they had a good scrap too. I want to say, oh, yeah. yeah, and so did Askarov. right? Yeah, he's been right there too. So this is two of the best. Askar, I feel, is like just really difficult. Like he's good on the ground, and he's just one of those guys that's really tough to beat. Brandon Royal, I feel, is really good. I think he's more of the exciting fighter and makes me want to root for him, but I don't know if that necessarily gets the job done. I feel like if Royal... I mean, this should be a great technical fight because I feel like Royal can match up with him. I've got to get kind of sentimental here. I'm going with my favorites this week. Brandon Royal, I'm going to say he gets it done, and I'm going to say it's by decision, though. Because either way, I see this fight going by decision. So, Asgard just got his first loss in March to Kai Car France. Yes. It was a pretty close fight though. So and he also took like you said, Brandon Moreno to a split draw in Is that sort of favorite? Yes. I yeah, slight favorite, favorite, I believe. A slight yeah. favorite. So but like you said, Royval has looked fantastic lately. Uh, super exciting fighter. I agree with you, probably the more technical, like stand up fighter. Mm-hmm. But both guys great grapplers. I think like I said, this could be fight of the night. We see a lot of, you know, how flyweights a lot of flyweight fights go. Lots of crazy scrambles, exciting, you know, flying around the octagon and stuff. I think either guy could win, but I kind of see Askarov catching him in one of those scrambles, you know, latching on his neck or something. If not, I'll say it goes to a decision and Askarov uses, you know, just octagon control to yeah. eke out a win because he's going to do more of the wrestling for sure. And I, I think if he's controlling where the fight is going, that might be enough to eke out the win. Yeah, yeah, Brandon's going to have to be on his game here. I hope he is. I think yeah. he has the tools to pull this off, but it's going to be, this is definitely going to be a It's a fight. very good test for him, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. think this is Askarov's number four and Roy Val's number five, so they should be, you know, right there. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. So, fan favorite, one of our favorites, Cub Swanson, is fighting Jonathan Martinez at 
featherweight. You know what's interesting to me was I knew Cub had won his last fight. Like a wheel kick or something. I yeah. And, I remember. And I was interested in that. Actually, now you got me kind of wondering here. We'll just buy a little time here. I think he, he had his children yeah. in the crowd, and that was the first time he had his kids there, and that, like, pumped him up. He got that wheel kick KO. Darren Elkins. That's what another thing, too. It gets the guy the damage who, the damage. who can take a lot of damage and doesn't get finished. Yeah, that's his nickname. Cub was able to pull that off, and, you know, it was a uh, spinning wheel kick and punches. Also, what I noted, too, is that Cub, despite, you know, being a little bit older and stuff like that, he's won three out of his last four. So... I find that interesting. You know, Cubs becomes a veteran. You know, I can tell you he's 28, 12, 13 KOs, four subs, 11 decisions. Like anywhere this goes, Cub can get it done. Donovan Martinez, though, 16 4, seven KOs, two subs, seven decisions, younger. I don't know. I, I think, again, I guess maybe I'm just going with my sentimental favorites this week. Fuck it. I'm going with Cub Swanson. He's a scrapper. He'll pull it off. Rear naked choke. Round three. It's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. So both guys have looked great, especially lately for Cub. Super tough fight to call i think they're very evenly matched but i still think that cub has some stuff to show these young guys i think that martinez will be the more technical fighter but i really see cub chasing him down like he did the korean superboy and when jonathan martinez is circling out you know gets pressed up against the cage and he circles out i see cub catching him with some sort of hook or a, maybe another kick or something so i'm gonna say tko for cub in round three round three okay so we're kind of great cage mike you point out in the comments martinez is a great point fighter and yeah so we'll see what happens right you know i, th- I think cub will just try to rush through that you know that point fighting and get his hands on him yeah we'll see i don't know so we're on to our main event here alexa grasso versus vivian arroyo what do you think about this one not a hell of a lot. <laughs> Carrasso, 14 and 3, 4 KOs, 1 sub, 9 decisions. She's won 3 in a row. Vivian, she's 11 3, 3 KOs, 4 subs, 4 decisions. I don't know. I don't have a lot to say. I like Grasso by decision, I guess. So <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> yeah. So I think this fight is super close, could go either way. And I think most likely we're going to get a decision with not too much damage dealt between either fighter. I'm not sure why. I just have a bad feeling that this is going to be a boring fight yeah probably a five round boring decision but i don't know maybe it's a main event you know five rounds maybe they find a little extra motivation one girl you know pushes through and she decides she's really gonna go for broke and we see something exciting but I- i'm gonna go with arroyo via decision all right should be good. Looks like Cage Marcus is going to agree with you. He's got a Rojo by decision. I was impressed with her defending Andrea Lee's grappling. So, That's true. She did look good in that fight. Yeah. So we shall see. That's this week's fight card. You know, not really a, a busy, busy week going on here. But our boy Mateo Gonzalez, once again, is fighting on UFC Fight Pass for LFA. He was our first MMA fighter we interviewed last week. Real, real great, classy guy. Really like him a lot. Guys, if you got Fight Pass, you know, tune in. I I don't know. We heard he's on the prelims, so we're, me and Chevy are trying to figure out how we're going to see the prelims and stuff. But either way, Mateo Gonzalez, follow him on social media. Yeah, the mighty Mateo oh, yeah. underscore 32 is his handle. So shout out to Mateo no. if you're watching. We'll, we'll be watching your fight. And so. shout out to Cage Q in the comments. Check out his YouTube page. He's airing some of our wrestling interviews. We got another fight airing tonight at some point, too. That's right. I believe 7 p.m. tonight uh, we'll be airing Cage My IQ's interview of current UFC lightweight. Claudio Pulios. 
That should be a good one. I, I be, might be a little late. I happen to have an in with the producer, and I told me he's he's going to do it when he gets home. So, all right. So but, a little later on, check for yeah, it tomorrow. It will be there. But yeah, look forward to seeing that. And uh, I know he's airing our interview with Al Snow right now on his channel. So, oh, yeah. guys, <laughs> that's right. All right, fight on the prelim. Oh, there you go. So see, hey, Backley, maybe you can message me or something, too. If you know how we can watch LFA prelims. Yeah, are they on Fight Pass as well? We also might not be staying up for this whole card if it starts at nine. But we'll see what happens. We'll watch. Whatever. But definitely Mateo's who we're interested in. For sure. So anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. Oh, Chevy. Okay. So Cage Mike was saying should be on the Fight Pass. So, All right. Check it out. So when we tell them what we got coming up one more time. All right. October 22nd, UFC 280, Oliveira versus Makachev. I believe that's 3 p.m. Eastern for live from Abu Dhabi. F- then, yeah. yeah, later on in the month, October 29th, UFC Fight Night, Cater versus Allen. And then November 5th, UFC Fight Night, Mitchell versus Ivalov. All so, right. Before we get out of here, I don't want to talk about it too much. I did forget Jake Paul and Anderson Silva will be fighting uh, coming up as well so yeah let's go anderson yeah 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 anderson all the way yeah i'm forgetting the date. i do know it's a week before his brother logan wrestles roman reigns in saudi arabia so i also think deontay wilder is fighting this weekend too you know we kind of skipped over boxing but i don't know the guy he's fighting i'm sure he knocks him out so let's go bronze uh, showtime no fox oh, it's on fox okay yeah. all, right. all right guys lots of lots of fights to watch <laughs> always something out check it out yeah. back guys we'll see you soon thanks guys thanks for tuning in see you at the fights all right so that wraps us up for this week thank you again for listening to the working fans podcast so as always you can find us on twitter at fans working our facebook page is working fans wrestling pod we have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also that's working fans wrestling pod at gmail.com follow us on instagram working fans wrestling underscore pod and then as always please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm google podcast spotify breaker overcast pocket cast radio public all your major platforms if you're following us on apple Podcasts, which we are also on now and youtube please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating it helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week 